technology shapes and influences every aspect of our lives today, and we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future. Coming up... The, the security, well, that that's that department. Yeah. Marketing, that's this department. Yeah. They don't really talk to each other when it comes to network management. That's an interesting point that you raise, and it's, it's a message that we keep, you know, trying to pass across to our clients. The need for them to, to, to develop a more unified data strategy, which would only thrive in a non-siloed environment. You're listening to The Future Rhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth, a Nokia original series. Hey! 5G wireless is a transformational technology, not just for the end customer, who will get the ability to download a high-def movie in 1.2 seconds instead of 4.3 minutes, or that large corporate customer slicing a piece off the network as their own personal wireless service. It's changing the way the network operators work too, and artificial intelligence is going to play a big role in managing a technology that's a bigger leap than the invention of the smartphone itself. To help pull back the curtain on the future, we turn to Adora Okilike, a senior analyst at Ovum. We began by talking about companies champing at the bit to launch new services only made possible by 5G and personalize the customer experience. Ultimately, for operators, it's all about launching new services and um, and with, with a view to improving the experience delivered to their customers. Can you give us a sense as to what some of those new services are going to be? So when we look at you know some um, the, the new services, we're looking at um, um, services such as you know um, VR or AR based services. We're also looking at you know some of the more um, um, you, you, okay. Yes, we yes you do have over the top services, but you also are looking at IoT based services. So you're looking at connected home, connected car services. This capable this this services that will consume you know the the the, the benefits or the key capabilities coming out of five G. Um, to, 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 to be delivered um, to, to customers. So, so these are the types of services that telcos are beginning to consider offering to their customers. It sounds to me like when you say you know, virtual reality, augmented reality, you'll be leveraging these types of digital services. Um, that seems like sort of what's coming down the road. It's a little bit on the horizon line, whereas IoT and other over-the-top the services, those are things that are really tangible and, and have real benefits today. Very correct. Very correct. Um, it is fair to say, yes, AR, VR use cases are probably still far down the line. There are some use cases we're already seeing in the consumer space. There are opportunities within the enterprise space. But then when you're looking at inter- the Internet of Things, um, yes, we're beginning to see, you know, quite a number of use cases that are quite tangible, both from a consumer perspective and the enterprise perspective. And because things like IoT devices um, can take advantage of 5G's low power requirements, you could have a million devices talking to a single tower, whereas before it was hundreds or thousands. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with all of that traffic, even if it's low power, low bandwidth traffic, introduces new headaches and new issues for anybody who builds out one of these networks. It simply increases the complexity of operating a 5G network. That's very true. Whilst there's, you know, the the, the vision to deliver new services, um, there's also the added 
um, challenge of how to manage um, the ecosystem around those services. So you're looking at new services, particularly from the IoT front, you're looking at um, a massive number of devices. And these devices, you know, like you rightly said, are all, you know, generating um, massive volumes of traffic and this traffic is going to and fro the network. And all of this traffic needs to be um, monitored, needs to be tracked to make sure that um, um, services are delivered effectively and, um, um, with, and with high quality. From our research, what we see is that um, the, the data, the, 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 the volume of data traffic that we have running, you know, on telcos networks, you know, will it will be about five times what it was in 2017 by 2023. And that's a massive, you know, that's a massive growth for, 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 for the entire, you know, um, telco network as, as, as a whole. And so telcos are, you know, in a very tight scenario where they need to um, 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 deal with this growing um, amount of traffic. They need to, at the same time, you know, offer new services to customers because they want to remain competitive within the market. Um, they also are faced with, you know, pricing pressures because whilst yes they want to be competitive you know the pricing pressures are there you know and which limits how much they can get out of the services that they're trying to roll out so it's 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 more like a whole conundrum of you know of of, of challenges that they have to face um, um um with with um with 5g but it's inevitable they need to move with the market uh, but as they do that they also need to begin to ask themselves how can they do this in a more efficient way in a way that enables them to draw Derive the revenues that they want. Derive the revenues that they that they want to derive, and also um, run efficient networks at the same time. So, network analytic tools will play a critical role in ensuring that not only are we monitoring the quality of the network, but we're also ensuring its security. That's a very good point. Um, now, network analytics tools, I think, you know, just going to the basis, what are these tools? Now, these tools are, are basically tools that are able to take data, um, various forms of data from the network, not just from the network, but, you know, but also from from the devices that that, that the customers are using um, to, to, to get a better sense of what's happening, you know, within the network um, um, to, add to, to detect events of interest. Um, for example, you know, understand where there is a network failure and be able to quickly correct that that failure. Um, um, there are also, you know, opportunities for network analytics tools to collect this data and use an, um, an, an analytics capabilities, advanced analytics capabilities to mine insights that can also, you know, foster um, um, uh, more efficient operations. So there's been a lot of talk around automation. So how can operators drive um, automated um, networks. Um, automation isn't completely, it isn't a completely new concept to the telco. However, the approach that the market has taken in the past isn't um, efficient enough to, to 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 manage, you know, the broader scale of challenges that they have to face, particularly with the huge complexity coming to the network. But with network analytics tools, these tools can, you know, can can analyze data and generate triggers that then um, triggered automated workflows um, within the network. So there are, you know, quite a number of um, of, of use cases that network analytics tools can can do, can 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 deliver for telcos going forward. So the complexity is so great with five G that we need to turn over a lot of the management 
to the machines themselves using machine learning, big data and artificial intelligence? Yes, it's more or less a case of looking at where telcos are now. The telecoms industry is at a state where um, um, revenue growth isn't as as high as it was, you know, a couple, a number of years back, five, ten years ago. Um, at the same time, costs continuing to grow. So profitability um, becomes a challenge. Remaining profitable becomes a challenge. So the question is, how can I do more with what I have? Because, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to spend more, but then you want to be able to, 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 to achieve more. So bringing in machines or bringing in the whole idea of, of, of machine learning or artificial intelligence, as the case may be, enables telcos to take advantage of capabilities coming out of these technologies to augment, you know, the capabilities that they have today to manage the massive amount of complexity coming into the network. Remember, we're not talking about, you know, the, the number of devices we had five, 10 years ago. We're looking at, you know, um, um, 10 times the number of devices that we have. And so telcos need to identify how they can, you know, run more efficient networks without, um, um, you know, the, the, the added cost of, you know, getting more, more, more labor or manual labor, as the case may be now. Manual labor wouldn't cut it, okay, with with the number of devices you have or the number of network elements that need to be managed. Um, 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 manual, manual capabilities are limited in the, with, with respect to the speed um, of, 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 of functions that they need to carry out. Um, so, but machines in this case um, um, and tools like machine learning software and, 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 and tools have the ability to run these processes or run, you know, processes that would have otherwise been carried out by humans at a much faster rate, generating results at a much faster rate than humans would have. So these network analytics tools would be deployed for three primary reasons, I can imagine. One, for efficiency reasons, as you point out. Yeah. Two, to improve the customer experience. And then three, I can imagine, considering what you've explained is a very tight environment for uh, margins within the industry, is new ways to generate revenue and, and build revenue growth. Correct. So with that in mind, uh, you would have to address these challenges by having remarkable visibility into the networks and operations themselves. Is it a case of just buying a network analytics tool off the shelf and plugging it in? It seems way more complex than the past. It is, it is obviously way more complex. Okay, you, you don't just buy a tool and then plug it and expect it to play. There's quite a lot more that needs to be done in the background to get these tools to deliver on you know on these use cases that you've that that, that you've have you, that you've highlighted and across those three domains are multiple use cases and what we see in the market is that there have been that, that vendor solutions have been you know developed to to address specific use cases but the more interesting solutions that we're beginning to see are solutions that enable telcos to or that enable operators to you know be able to develop these use cases from scratch, given you know, given given the fact that they're provided with this you know a set of um, pre pre um, pre packaged capabilities that allows them to build um, additional use cases on top of that. But going to the point as to you know, it's not just a plug and play thing. Data is data um, is is critical for 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 the um, functionalities of it, of any network analytics tool, and and that's the beginning of any of any um, analytics workflow. 
um, how do I get access to the data? Now, the telco environment has got massive um, sources of data. You've got data coming from the network elements themselves. You've got data coming from the devices that the, that the customers are using. You've got data coming from the environment that they need to take, um, 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 that they need to recognize um, when, you know, um, um, understanding, you know, what's happening within um, the network infrastructure, for example, um, the, the, the temperature, the, the, the temperature of, uh, of the environment where a base station may be, may be residing. So things like that. You know, and those, so those data sources are, are, are so critical and it's important for, for um, to be able to um, collect all of that data into um, a location, you know, data lakes, we've, we've got big data lakes, um, but into a structure where they can be um, 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 taken care of in terms of um, the quality of those data assets. You know, they, they need to be cleaned, they need to be standardized in a format that, 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 that can be easily consumed by the network analytics tools. Now, these network analytics tools um, 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 receive data in specific formats and 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 for them to take those data sources those data sets they need the data sets need to be structured in a way that they can easily consume and then mine the data sets to pull the, the the insights that are then required to drive the different use cases within the different categories you highlighted the data sets could be network or non-network related uh, but i can imagine it's a, a huge issue when you're talking about the non-network related like sure network related you, a, a sensor at a base station somewhere that's registering a temperature of that box uh -huh. yes as the temperature rises maybe you build an, an artificial intelligence management system that recognizes uh -huh. that you're seeing a heat wave build up uh, within a per, uh, particular area of the network and therefore you're going to need to make some adjustments to how those machines operate but when it comes to non-network related, the, the, the type of data that comes out of my personal handset, I can imagine that opens up a huge privacy Pandora's box. That's very correct, and that is why um, one of the key um, e one of the key things that telcos um, um, focus on, or it's, you know, it's a key it's a key fo um, focus for telcos is, you know, being able to work with anonymized data. That's that cleaned and standardized you mentioned. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, so work with anonymized data, which has been cleaned, which has been standardized, but and still has the capability of providing insights that will be that that, that would enable them deliver um, 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 efficient um, service services and efficient capabilities to their customers. But then there is also, you know, um, the, you know, so so with the relationship with, with, with the customers between the telco and the customer, you know, there is, you know, the opportunity for the for the telco to receive consent from the customers to be able to, you know, pull the data and provide them with more personalized experiences as the case may be. So whilst, whilst anonymized data sets can fulfill a specific set of use cases, there are use cases that will require you know, that 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 might require the ability of the cost of the of the um, um, operator to identify that customer specifically, but overall overall the use cases that can be that can be addressed using anonymized data are just so vast that that it's still easy to to without you know um, personally identifying a customer still deliver value to that customer. When it comes to AI and big data sets, generally speaking, we know that uh, artificial intelligence data scientists 
have to address the issue of bias in data uh, when it comes to that data set need needing to be cleaned. Correct. They also need to ensure that they're anonymizing it in a manner that is uh, not able to be reverse engineered. Uh-huh. Give me some insight, though, into what kind of issues uh, come to the front when it comes to dealing with bias with the customer's use of, of their handsets. Uh, is this the same kind of issue that you would get broadly if you were building a machine learning system for deciding who gets a bank loan? So um, I think um, bias, so, so to the point around bias, I think that's a huge issue, particularly when it comes to machine learning, because remember that um, machine learning will be driven based on the data sets that you bring in, right? Right. Garbage in, garbage out. Exactly. So if, if, if you push in data sets that are inaccurate or have or ha- or are not valid due to the fact that you know there's a particular function or a particular change um, um, configuration change that has occurred within the network and 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 that configuration change has not been taken into account of then it is very easy to misinterpret the insights that's coming out of out of that you know uh, machine learning tool um, that, that 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 might be that that may be in use at that point in time so it's always very important to 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 bear in mind that you know, whatever is coming into the system is clean. Um, You've taken into account um, all of these secondary activities that may have gone on within the network that could that could impact on the on the level of insight that's coming out of that of of the um, of of that tool um, to to avoid you know the the, the bias the, the the issue with bias. One interesting use case with with the revenue um, growth um, um, portfolio of use cases for for network analytics is you know targeting offers, targeting specific services at customers. An interesting capability that telcos have is is the ability to understand the type of services that their customers are consuming, and based on that information, are able to target more relevant offers to the customer. Now, if the data that's coming into the tool is 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 affected in a way that it gives me a different view as to what the customer is consuming at, at time A, then I then I then I might be then I would be pushing out offers that are not relevant to that customer. So it's 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 it can't be over it can't be overemphasized the role that the quality of the data plays in eliminating every form of bias that could come by, by um, during the analysis of data. It strikes me that even before you get to the idea of big data and ensuring that you've got cleaned and standardized data sets to help that AI make the best decisions for a network, is having to almost wholesale rebuild the way the telecommunication industry works. I'm thinking about it from essentially the siloed approach to network management that we've seen in the industry. Oh, well, the, the security, well, that that's that department. Yeah. Uh, marketing, that's this department. Yeah. Uh, and they don't really talk to each other when it comes to network management. That's an interesting point that you raise. And it's, it's a message that we keep, you know, trying to pass across to our clients. The need for them to, to, to develop a more unified data strategy which would only thrive in a non-siloed environment. Just speaking to the to the point around unified customer experience, or you you, you need you need to be able to gain gain an overall view of 
what's happening with the customer. It's not just about, you know, the security side, you know, of the services that the customer is, is consuming or, you know, I want to deliver specific offers to the customer. So I only just focus on that. If I'm able to understand the problems that this customer has been reporting to um, my contact center, then I know the type of service I can target at this customer to make sure that, you know, they continue to remain well-serviced and, and they continue to remain satisfied with this, with, with, with the offers that we send across to them. Um, most importantly, you don't want to, you know, send send um, 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 a sports package to, to someone who doesn't, who isn't interested in sports at all. So, so there is need for that for, for, for a unified data strategy within the telco environment where, um, where you don't just unify the data sets, but also enable the different departments to gain access, okay, to the data sets that they need. Okay, to support um, um, the, some of the work that they're doing. And we're seeing such a massive crossover when it comes to the types of data sets that, you know, marketing, for example, you know, would want to make use of. Many years back, they would just be interested in, you know, CRM data and that's it. But today, you know, they're interested in understanding um, the service usage. So what is what has this customer been using in the last one month and how can I use that insight to to target more specific offerings at this customer. For data, for for network analytics to thrive within a telco organization that today seems to be highly siloed, those silos need to be broken. I can imagine though that that's a, a very big boat to turn around. Uh, how do you get buy-in from whoever's at the top who would be required to sign off on this wholesale reorganization of uh, an industry that has been siloed for a generation? It is a huge task, right? But it isn't. Comp it isn't impossible. I think it's a thing of vision. So building the right vision, if you want to, if you want to drive a data-driven organization, you need to be able to commit to the to 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 what's required to to, to drive that vision. Uh, and that is why you know we're increasingly seeing the role of of a chief data officer. You know that C-level representative that takes ownership of the of the data assets sitting across the organization and can and can define how those data assets you know can be utilized in a way that will drive value for all of the organizations within 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 the business. So it is a huge task, like I said, but, you know, by virtue of my research, I have, you know, um, um, I have, you know, interacted with operators that, that see the need to drive non-siloed, um, uh, have a non-siloed organization and are actually driving quite, you know, good results from taking that step. You mentioned the chief data officer. I can't imagine you can just promote a chief technical officer or a chief information officer into that role, uh, having uh, data science skills is a completely different skill set from what we've seen in the IT team already. That's very correct. That's very correct. So the data science capabilities are, are, are unique from every other capability from, from the IT organization or even from the operations organization. But to a very large extent, chief data officer role is a role being taken by, by, by an individual that's, that, that's able to understand the data sets understand the uniqueness of those data sets across the organization and be able to set up 
principles or policies within the organization that enables a um, unified governance of, of, of the data sets across the organization. Um, whilst data science is a unique capability, it's not, it's not um, I don't think it is a core requirement for a CDO um, officer to, or chief data officer to, 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 to have, but it is obviously a unique, a unique asset if um, a CDO does have data science capabilities because then they can understand, they do understand um, the value that can be drawn out of these data sets when they are brought together um, to drive or develop um, specific use cases. Do you get the sense that the industry understands the issues we've discussed? Um, I I do have the sense that yes, the, the, the industry um, does have um, an understanding. You, you might you might say that that level of understanding would vary across the industry, but yes, um, there is a good understanding, probably particularly from, with 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 the tier with the, with, with the top tier operators. Um, of whom we're beginning, you know, we're seeing, um, um, we're seeing them move um, very quickly with their data strategies. Yesterday, I was listening to 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 to, to one of the um, top tier operators talk about their big data and AI strategy, and and how they've been able to um, develop a more unified um, data strategy, um, which cuts across the organization, and are beginning to you know see very good results coming out of some of the efforts that they've been um, putting in the last two to three years. So I will say that, yes, you know, um, um, the right number of, you know, operators that have a fair understanding. Others, probably down the scale, are still at the very early stages, but there's a growing awareness of the value that data and analytics and artificial intelligence is bringing to their pairs. We're we'll, we'll continuing to see a, a faster um, um, adoption or a faster awareness and, and a curiosity about how they can begin to deploy these capabilities within their operations. Adora Akilake is a senior analyst in the telecoms operations and IT team at Ovum. She joined us from the UK. See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas. All by visiting futurhythmic.com. The Future Rhythmic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia original series.